Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Amen. Give somebody a big smile and tell them the Lord is good. I caught you off guard, didn't I? Praise God. That's all right. You know, I'm just thankful to be here today. God bless you. You can be seated for just a minute. Uh, I'd like to make a few remarks today. What a wonderful group is here, and I thank the Lord for that. Things are happening, amen? And great to hear the reports of what God is doing. And uh, it's just been an honor to be with all of you, uh, your pastor and his wife. They're doing such a tremendous job. And uh, Sister Buford made a wonderful meal this afternoon. And I was able to go to sleep on that meal for a little while in the hotel and rest a little while. And uh, it wasn't fried chicken, but if Mahaney was here, he'd say, Hallelujah, that was a good meal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm thankful for that. And uh, what, a, what an awesome time to be with the young ministers today. And I thank the Lord. You know, when you have young ministers in a church, there can be a lot of competition. There can be uh, times when you're trying to, you know, everybody wants to do something and be involved. But I feel a spirit of unity here. And I feel like our young people, our young ministers want to be used of God. And I feel like there's a church here that's being supportive of that. And I thank the Lord for that. That's wonderful. And good to see all of our ministers here today. Uh, Brother Lee's been picking me up, running me around. He was at Gateway when I was campus pastor there, and Brother Jonathan was there as well. And uh, it's great to see these men involved in the ministry and doing the work of the Lord. And uh, Brother Justin, Brother Perryman, Brother Harpole, some wonderful people here. Brother Harrow, give honor to you. Thankful for all of our ministers and our leaders. Give them a hand. I thank the Lord for these men of God, ladies that serve in the kingdom. Praise God. And I'm looking forward to being there tomorrow night. We've got a, a banquet, and we're going to do some entertainment and do some fun stuff and just have a good time. But, but here we are, and I felt just a word on my heart tonight, and uh, I want to just share something with you. Would you stand with me as we turn to Joshua chapter 14? Joshua 14 and verses 10 through 11. Thank you for praying for my family. Uh, it, is, it is always a little bit difficult when... Uh, you are traveling and, and preaching out on weekends and uh, sometimes some you know, ambiguity on how things are going to go, but God takes care of us and the Lord is protecting my family. I thank you for lifting them up in prayer tonight. Joshua chapter 14, verses 10 through 11. Uh, the children of Israel have crossed over into Canaan and the land is being divided among the people and Caleb is giving a request for the hill country of Hebron. He says, and now behold... The Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old, and yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. And I want to just read and take my text from this first part of this 12th verse. He says, now therefore, give me this mountain. And I want to preach to you for a little while from this subject, a man who desired a mountain. A man who desired a mountain. Lord Jesus, we love you today. Thank you, Lord, for the giving, the praying, the worship, Lord, the music, everything that's going on here today. And Lord, we ask you to speak to our hearts. We ask you to Minister in the remainder of this service. We love you today and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. Amen. For you're seated, shake two people's hands and tell them the Lord is good. 
We know that the laws of gravity cause water to flow down. And one thing that I have found in walking with God and working in ministry is that it's, it's easier to just go with the flow. Now, when you have small children and uh, you're married to a very beautiful lady, sometimes you just go with the flow. When you say, are we ready to leave yet? And the answer comes back negative. You just find a book, sit down in a corner, and just go with the flow. Any, any husbands know what I'm talking about. Well, oh, don't want to get in the elbows of the ribs, but thank the Lord for that. Praise God. But you know, it's easy to just go with the flow. It's difficult to make water move up. I remember when I was a kid, I used to have a fish tank, and I used to have guppies. Started out with five and ended up with 300 million. <laughs> but we had a little fish tank. And I remember the day my dad looked in that fish tank, and it just it was the water was muddy, and, and the gravel was just a mess. And he said, son, we're going to clean this water. And so... I feel like Brother Stonky. And so we went to the pet store and we bought a cleaning thing. And it was this little tube. And what you would do is you were supposed to, to push down on that little thing and you'd pull the water up and let the air drain out and then you put it back down. It was supposed to just kind of pull the water up and allow gravity to take it back down in the bucket. Well, my dad was old school. He said, oh, I've siphoned a few things before in my day. I'll never forget that day. He put that in his mouth, and he took a deep breath, <laughs> and I watched him just spit out that water, that dirty, filthy, nasty water into that bucket. That's the day we learned that you didn't have to do that when you were cleaning the fish tank. You know, I think my dad understood something. If if you're going to change the flow or the direction, you have to put some effort into it. It's easy just to go with the norm. It's easy just to go with the flow. But here's a man, this Caleb, that said, I know it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. Caleb said, I am willing to fight this battle for the land. Caleb faced the challenges just like we do today. He said, and now behold, he said, the Lord has kept me alive. You know what, as a parent, I wonder sometimes if my children aren't just trying to kill themselves. I figure it will be the greatest accomplishment of my parenting if I can keep them alive until they are at least 14 years of age. Sometimes I wonder 
And I used to put them in the room, and it seemed like you'd have toys laying around everywhere, and they'd go straight for the knife cabinet, you know. But you know what? Here's Joshua, a man, or Caleb, a man that has been through some things, a man that's been through the desert. He says, the Lord has kept me alive. Caleb was one of those men, one of those men that had a good report. How many know that God sustains people that have a good report? And the Bible said that all these others his, that were uh, 20 years and up had died in the wilderness. Jo- Caleb, you could have been one of those guys. You could have been somebody that didn't make it, that died in the desert because of their negative report. But here you are. Here you are still alive, still kicking, still walking with God, still desiring what God has for you. I want you to know that God is keeping some of us. God has kept you. God has kept you alive. God has kept you in your right mind. God has kept you alive in the Spirit because He has a mountain for you. He has a work for you. He has something that he wants you to do. Now we all know that there are those that have left us. There are those that the Bible talks about in the last days that there will be a great falling away. It was the Apostle Paul that talked about Demas. He said, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. I want you to know there are those that love the world. There are those among us at times that have walked with us, that have done ministry with us, that have served with us. We prayed with them. We, we fellowshiped with them. But there came another voice from the world that pulled them away. And the Bible said that Demas was departed away from Paul. But I want you to know that just because there are those that have chosen to walk away from this doesn't mean that I have to stop my walk with God. Just because there are those that say, this isn't for me, this way is not for me, this narrow way, this way of righteousness, this way of holiness, this way of sound doctrine, just because they say, I'm not going to walk in this way, doesn't mean it has to stop us. I want you to know Caleb said, God has kept me alive. He has kept me in the way. He has kept me walking with Him. And now I'm ready to take another mountain. Praise God. And there are those that I believe God is getting ready to give us another victory. We can mourn at the graves of those that have died in the wilderness, but we better not live in the graveyard. I said we can mourn those that we have lost, but we cannot live in the desert. We cannot live in the past. We have to say, God, you're getting ready to take us to the next mountain. You're getting ready to take us to the next level. I feel bad about those that have left us. I feel sorry about those that have walked away. And I look at the graves and I remember the good times. But I'm telling you, God's getting ready to give us greater victory. God's getting ready to give us greater harvest. We're getting ready to take the next mountain for the Lord Jesus. Praise God. I remember when I was... Uh, working uh, here in St. Louis several years ago, and there were people that were very influential in the United Pentecostal Church, and they had made some decision that they were going to walk away from this truth, and they people they began a journey of walking away. And I remember that it was frustrating to me. 
I remember how it hurt us, and there were uh, reports that were coming back. And I remember talking to some of my friends, and, and they were talking about the influence that these people were having and talking about how bad things were. And I was trying to stand up for it and say, no, it's not really like that. You, you're not seeing the big picture. You've got to understand that there are things happening that, that it's going to change. And, and just, just stay with it. Just stay in the ship. Just don't, don't leave us. But I want you to know that those that left us, did not stop us. I was at just at our recent youth congress and I was uh, working there and doing some things at the beginning of the service and I looked up into the grandstands and I thought if we would have gone back to those graves and stayed there, if we would have stayed hurt and frustrated and broken by those that left us we would not be where we are today but I want you to know God is going to give us greater victory and greater harvest. Somebody's got to say I'm not going to stay in the graveyard but Lord give me this mountain give me what you have for me let me see the future that you want to bring into my life. Let's clap our hands and give God thanks for that today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 10, Caleb says, I'm this day, I'm 85 years old. Come on, Caleb, you're 85. Any 85-year-olds here? Nobody want to admit it? All right, praise God. Anybody nine in their 90s? You know what? When you see a 90-year-old person, you don't tell them, hey, get up and run the aisles. You tell them, you know what? Just, just take your time. Don't hurt yourself. You know, when I, when, I was a, when I was a young person, I used to preach about, man, these 70-year-olds and how old they were. And you know what? I realized some of these 70-year-olds are probably more active than I am. Praise God. But you know what Caleb was saying? I know I'm old. I know I... I, I should be retired. I should be taking it easy. I should be just going with the flow. But, but there's something inside of me that says, give me this mountain. I've got a little fire left in here. I've still got something inside of me. I know what I should be doing. I know I should just kick back and just enjoy the rest of the journey. But there's something in me that says there's more for me. God is still working in my life. I'm preaching to somebody here today. You've been in the church a long time. Maybe you've been raised in this. Maybe you're third, fourth, fifth generation. But you know what? God's not through with you yet. God has a plan for you. God has something he wants to do in your life. And somewhere in our hearts, the enemy would like to get us to say, just relax. Just take it easy. Just go with the flow. Just coast along. But God's speaking to somebody, saying it's time to have a Caleb spirit that says, God, give me this mountain. Let me see it happen in my life. Let me experience what you want to do in my life. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, let's just lift a hand to the Lord. Let's thank Him for what He's trying to do in our lives today. God, I thank You, Lord, for what You're doing. I thank You for Your Spirit. I thank You, Lord God. Hallelujah for what You want to do. Praise God. And So the Bible says that Caleb went up. There were children of Anak there. There were giants in that land. But Joshua blessed Caleb. In verse 13 of our text, the Bible says he gave to Caleb Hebron for an inheritance. 
And Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Caleb already had a promise from God. He already had a word from God. For the Lord said in Exodus 33 and verse 1, He said, Depart and go up hence, you and the people which you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto Abram, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. And here is the promise that Caleb already had, that I will send an angel before thee. And I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, and the Perizzite, the Hevite, and the Jebusite. What God was saying was, if you go up, I will go before you. If you will step out in faith and go up, I will go before you, and I will prepare that land for you. It's not time to cower in fear and say, oh, look how bad it is. Look, look how much opposition's out there. Look how many things could go wrong. You know, it's easy to do that, isn't it? It's easy for us to, and, and there's people in our lives sometimes that, that we need them just to, just to tell us why we can't do things. I've had people like that. In my ministry where I, I think and I'm a planning, I'm preparing, I'm dreaming, I've got a vision. I say, you know what, I'm going to run it by this person so I can figure out how much negativity and how many bad things and why this won't work. But you know what? It's easy for us to do that. But what takes faith and confidence in God is for somebody that says, they're still in the land, but I'm going to go up anyway. There's still opposition, but I'm going to step out in faith. I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all figured out, but I know I have a word from God. I have a promise from God. I want you to know it is bad. I want you to know there is opposition. I want you to know we don't have all the finances right now. We don't have all the resources right now, but we've got a word from God that he's going to go before us, that when we step out in faith, he's going to provide the resources. He's going to give us victory and authority to to do what he is calling us to do. Let's clap our hands and thank you for that today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. It was bad for the apostles. Sometimes we look at the New Testament, we look at the revival they had. We look at all the things that they were doing and we forget that the culture that they lived in was very pagan. It was wicked. There was uh, rampant homosexuality among the Romans, pedophilia, nudity. It was just a part of their daily life. But they turned the world upside down because they had the power of the Spirit and they had a word from God that I'm going to make you a witness unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the, of the earth. And Jesus himself told them in Matthew 16, 18, he said, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Lighthouse, I'm preaching to you today. When you go into your job, when you go looking at these places, land or other buildings or whatever it is, you need to go in faith and say the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the Lighthouse Church. I want you to know we're going to have revival in our schools. We're going to have revival in our workplaces. We're going to have revival. God has given us a word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so what do we do? 
When you have a word from God, you go on up the mountain. When you have a word from God, you just begin to move forward. You just go on in faith. And so my question for you tonight is what is your mountain? What is it that God is speaking to you about? What is it that you, Caleb, are seeing in front of you? What is it that's rising up in your spirit and saying, God, I know this is for me. I know this is my mountain. I know I can have it. I know I can do this. Maybe it's a Bible study. Maybe it's uh, uh, something in outreach ministry. Maybe there's something God is wanting to do. It's time for us to say, Lord, if that's you, if you're speaking to my heart, then I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to go forth in God and see what God will do. Praise God. Lift a hand to the Lord. Just tell him, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the word that you're putting in my spirit. Thank you, Lord, for that word that you're putting in my heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know what, when I was growing up, I, and, I, and I'm not trying to get too carnal here, but I used to love to listen to gospel singers. I used to love to listen to the oldies. Remember those LPs, those, those old records? Some of you young people don't know what those are. They're kind of coming back. You know, we go to Barnes & Noble, there's, there's, they're in these cardboard, they look like sleeves, right? You've got these record players with the needle and things like that. The, the grandpa CDs, right? <laughs> and I used to listen to, uh, now I had an old gospel record that said gospel golden. Now I was kind of old sheltered kid. And it had guys like, uh, oh, I don't, who was it? That This guy that just passed away, Ray, his name was Ray. Roy, Roy something or other. Roy Clark, yeah, he was he was on this gospel album. Patsy Cline, neighbor Jim Neighbors, and I just thought they were all Pentecostal. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> Patsy Cline. She, I thought she was just struggling with her standards or something. I didn't know what was going on. You know, oh, so just pray for her. <laughs> Praise God. I used to love to listen to that stuff. Those old gospel albums. Then, I, then I, people knew I was interested in that, and they started giving me their old records and had Merle Ewing on there. You remember Merle Ewing? I know you heard me sing before, but I think I sing better as Merle Ewing than I do as myself. But anyway, he sing those old songs. Just an old rejected relic on an auction block. That's, what it's, that's how I interpreted it, you know. A little exaggerated. And you had the urchins, you know, they'd be singing, Oh, praise the Lord, Sister Jean. Now, one time we were at a, we were at a conference, and uh, I was about 15 years old, and Brother Urshan was preaching. It was in Minnesota, my hometown. He'd lived up there for a while. And uh, we were at this thing, and I was, I was working in the sound. I was playing drums, and Sister Urshan was playing the piano, and she was singing this song, you know. She said, Just one moment. In God's kingdom, we'll pay for it all. Anybody remember that? Just one more. Anyway, I won't bore you with that. But, but anyway, I was, I was, Brother Urshan got up to speak, and he had this microphone, and he had, uh, 
it was a corded microphone. He took it off of the stand right here, and he was holding it in his hand. And I came up on this side, gave him a wireless microphone, and he took that microphone that had the wire, and he handed it to me over here. And as a 15-year-old, I was just thinking very practically. The, short, the easiest way to do this is going to be to just reach. <laughs> and the place just died laughing, I can tell you that right now. He was like, what's going on here? <laughs> Oh, then you had Brother Jeff Arnold. I used to listen to his stuff all the time. Hey, you bunch of slime bags. I'm going to save you 42 years of Bible school with this next statement. Why do kamikazes wear flight helmets, huh? Yeah, you missed it. You missed it. No, I'm going to give me 45 more minutes. And I'll have it. Anyway, I used to listen to Brother Arnold. I used to think I, was, I could preach like him. You know, 14 years old, I was preaching like Brother Arnold, preaching holiness to everybody, and you know, and just they'd change my diapers growing up, you know, here with these people. But you know what? It impacted me. It impacted me. There were voices of God in my life. Then Brother Stone King, and I remember one time got to spend some time with him. He said, Boy, it's so good to just see you and to just meet you. And it's I've just wanted to spend some time with you. And it's been wonderful. I can't do He was, I know this is being recorded. I better be careful here. But he was preaching one time. He said, you young people, if someone comes up to you and tries to get you to smoke a reefer or do drugs, you just punch them in the mouth. I'm like, all right, praise God. Hey, aren't you thankful that God has given us people that come into the kingdom of God with their personality, with their way, and God uses people. Look, God's using you. Now, I know there's no wild personalities in this church. Y'all the most normal group of people around here, aren't you? Praise God. No doubt this is the wealthiest church in the St. Louis metro. God's trying to get us somewhere. Look, if we lean on our own abilities, we can go so far. If we lean on our own talent or who we can impersonate or who we can look like, we can only go so far. But when we trust that the Spirit of God is going to lead us and give us direction, when we trust that what God has spoken to our elders is still coming to pass in this day and age, that I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh, that your sons, your daughters are going to prophesy, that you're going to dream dreams, you're going to have visions. I want you to know God is wanting to use this church. God's saying to you, rise up in faith. It's time to stand up in faith and say, God, we're going forward. 
forward. This is a new day. This is a new generation. But I'm going to be used of God. I'm going to see God give us a new mountain. Praise God. I want you to know some of our predecessors have gone on. Some of our elders have passed away. Brother Urshan, Brother G.A. That's exactly right. Brother Mahaney's gone on. Hallelujah. Worm, he used to call me. (laughs) Praise God. What are you doing, slick? Hallelujah. They've gone on. But you know what? That fire, that passion, that anointing can still be upon us. Why? Because when you've got a word from God, when you've got a word from the Lord that says, I'm getting ready to give you some things. I'm getting ready to give you some mountains. I'm getting ready to give you some victory that you could never have on your own. You could never have on your own abilities. But when the Spirit of God begins to move, God's going to give us a harvest. God's going to give us victory. God is going to give us an anointing upon us. If you believe that, lift your hands and say, God, God, let me see it. Lord, let me see it. God, let me experience it. Lord, I want it. God, I want it in my life. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me right now? Let's just stand. I just feel like we need to go into a time of prayer right now. I feel like God is speaking to somebody. Maybe there's a young person. You're just starting out in your ministry, and you're saying, God, I want that anointing in my life. God, I want that word from you. I need some confirmation. I want you to know God's getting ready to give you confirmation. God is going to speak to you. Maybe there's some husbands and wives in this place, uh, families that you're saying, God, what is the next step? And the Lord is saying, I'm getting ready to show you some things. I'm getting ready to show you what I'm going to do in your life. Right now, I want you as a church. Let's just cry out to the Lord for a minute. Can we do that? Let's lift up our voice right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If there's somebody here tonight that God has put a seed in your heart, a word in your heart, He's given you a vision of something, whether that spiritual victory, physical harvest, final, whatever that is, if you have that in your spirit, I want you to come down to this front right now and say, God, give me this mountain. Lord, I'm seeking you for it. I'm believing that you're going to give me this. I'm believing in faith. I haven't seen it yet, but I believe that you're going to give it to me. Whether maybe that's a family member. I haven't seen them come yet, but I know God's going to give me. Maybe that's a new job, or maybe that is some financial goal, some mountain that you have never been able to overcome. Maybe there's a soul winning that God's going to use you in. I want you to come and say, God, give me this mountain. Lord, I want this mountain. God, I want to be used of you. I want to do your work right now. That's it all over this place. Let's turn this place into a house of prayer. Let's turn this place into a seeking after God. Thank you, young people, for responding. 
God's getting ready to pour out his spirit. God's getting ready to speak a word into somebody's heart. In the name of Jesus. As they begin to play and sing, I want us to continue to seek after God right now. Somebody can receive the Holy Ghost tonight.